Hey guys, welcome to WDWNT Alert. I'm your host, Joe Hogarty, and joining me tonight is Jack McCarthy. Howdy, folks. And Fetcher Ekris. Hello, everybody. So tonight we're going to go over the recent episode of Ahsoka, and uh, I don't know, we might do some news, we'll see. Nothing really earth-shattering or anything like that, but first. What? You're not, you're not going to mention the leaks? What leaks? What oh, leaks? wait till we do news. Okay, we'll wait. If we get to it. So now we're going to have to do it because Jack's got me curious and probably everybody else that's listening. <laughs> but uh, but anyway, I wanted to point out, I was shocked to find out that Jack had watched the Batman. Yes, I did. Ooh. And, and I was shocked to even see what he wrote me about the Batman. That's right. So tell everyone what you think about the Batman. Actually, I thoroughly enjoyed the Batman. I had to disassociate myself a bit from, you know, the Riddler that we know and love from the comics and the previous TV shows. Um, so it was a different take on the Riddler. But once I kind of got past that and also disassociated myself from Catwoman uh, to this version, um, I really enjoyed it. I liked I liked Batman actually doing detective stuff and looking for clues and figuring stuff out instead of just being ninja guy, you know, um, as opposed to Joe. I thought the costume looked good. Um, some of the things we've heard, like, oh, you know, the bat symbol is you know, really made from the two halves of the guns that killed his parents. Like, the movie never mentions that. No, they don't, no. That's not in there. This is, this that, like, strikes me as uh, fan speculation that somebody had an idea like, hey, why don't we say this? You know, I didn't get that from the movie. Well, that's not true. I, I think that the director did say it. And when you see a close-up, it is actually to a gun split in half. Oh, it's not pointed out. No, it's not it out. The gun, you know, like if if Batman had the gun, he would have caught Joe Chill. Let's face it, you know, the guy probably had the gun with him still because he was a low level thug. But anyway, I enjoyed it because Batman actually did some detective work. The suit, um, when I saw stills of it when it was first introduced and kind of rolled out, I was kind of like, eh, I don't know. But you know what? Seeing it in action, I thought the suit looked better than a lot of the Batman suits we've seen before. I didn't even that like higher collar didn't face me. But seeing it in action, it's also the fight choreography. I liked the fight choreography fight choreography in this movie better than the others because it reminded me a lot of daredevil uh on netflix series you know batman was a one punch guy you know he just punches somebody or pushes them or heck just blows on them and they fall over and crash through things no this this struck me as batman's really fighting he's hitting people you know He's fighting a big guy. Yeah, he might have to hit him two or three times to get him down. You know, so I like the fight choreography. 
I thought the suit looked great in action. Um, I just liked it, you know, and some of the characters, Joe didn't care for the takes that they did on them. Um, Andy Circus, am I saying his name right? Yeah. Um, I thought I liked him as Alfred. And I liked the fact that um, you saw some feelings between the two of them. Instead of, you know, we always see that. No, a lot of times Bruce Wayne is just being kind of like a, a self-centered. Don't say it. Okay. Self-centered. And he doesn't really care what Alfred has to say. You know, he's just doing his thing. And Alfred is there like the suffering servant, you know, or he might give a, you know, sarcastic answer or something. But um, with this, with the scene when Alfred gets injured you know, and when you think about it, you know, this is Bruce Wayne's father figure. He didn't have anybody else. And also, I like the fact that Alfred was so loyal. Alfred didn't allow himself to have anyone else. So really, you have these two people who just have each other and one of them nearly dies. And not the I mean, one I, who dresses up like I, a lunatic at night and goes out and beats up criminals. My problem with Andy Serkis is it, he played him like a Cockney type of Alfred Butler, where I guess you could say Michael Caine did too, but he's a little more classier. And no, I, Michael Caine, you kind you kind of have a tough time outclassing Michael Caine. True, but yeah, I just don't see Alfred as that, you know. And well, he had the beard. Uh, I just I just see Andy Serkis, and I don't think he's a good actor. He's okay. a good Gollum. He's a good King Kong. He's a good Planet of the Ape. As that's long as he's covered in CGI. Yeah. That's I, that's what he's he's made for in this world, you know, not to be in movies. And I know and I know the guy, I don't remember his name, who plays Commissioner Gordon. What's his name? Uh Jeffrey what? Combs. Is that it? Jeffrey Wright. Jeffrey Wright. I know you don't like him. I think he's okay. I thought he did a good job as No, I thought he did okay, you know, as you know, I didn't. I didn't like him as the Watcher, but no. Uh, well, that was. It wasn't him. It was what he had to say. I thought the dialogue on the thing is unwatchable, but like I said, I watched the Batman, and I really enjoyed it. I liked the fact that a lot of times you saw the effects that happened to him, like there were some times when you know he's fighting and bullets are bouncing off him and stuff. And that I was like, oh, come on, you know, even if even when cops wear Kevlar armor and they get shot, it still hurts. And, you know, it was getting a little bit like that. And then he came up against the guy with the shotgun who shot him and it knocks him off his feet. And you could tell he's winded and he's kind of out of it and he's trying to get up. Um but I like to see that. I like to see that Batman isn't infallible. You know, he's uh, still like Wolverine, the best at what he does. But like the fact that, you know, this takes a toll on him versus the fact that he does everything, whatever. And then when you see him take his costume off, he's all scarred up and bruised and everything. With this, you actually saw the injuries kind of affect him.
So I thought that was good. Uh, ben Affleck and I think looks better in the costume than he is out of it. Uh, and it could be the haircut. That's yeah, his long hair flopping over. No, my problem with him is that he was he was too emo as Bruce Wayne. Like, you know, he and he even said he, he I don't like him just because he thinks he's a big star and that he can have influence on the character. Like he didn't want to work out. So he didn't work out. You know, the director told him you need to work out. You need to have some kind of physique. He didn't have any physique. When he took his shirt off, he was just a skinny guy. And it's hard to believe that a skinny guy can be doing all that stuff. I, I if, get you. I get you. But like, it, but, but also, too, it, he uh, he didn't want to be a playboy. He didn't want to play him as a playboy. And it's like, well, why are you even playing the character if, if right. you know you, you have all these demands? And if you listen to his voice and you listen to Batman's voice, it's the exact same voice. I mean, I don't know how you couldn't tell that Bruce Wayne was not was Batman, you know, wasn't Batman, you know what I'm saying? Because, you know, you have to figure that Batman's got to be rich. And you you see Bruce Wayne rarely, but when you do see him, he's like a recluse and it's just the way he talks, it's the same voice. I mean, even like Commissioner Gordon should figure that out. One, two, three. I, I, I always swore reading the comics that Gordon knew who he was. Anyway, so Fedra, yeah. which... which you're on team me, right? <laughs> well, I mean, Jack makes a, a few uh, good points at rethinking of things. Uh, I have questions, though. You said that you dis you disassociated from Catwoman. Can you kind of elaborate on what you mean by that? Um. Yeah. Um. Catwoman in the comics, you know, she. She can steal anything off anybody, and she's extremely cocky about it, you know, and they always have her go into, like, the most ridiculous poses at every opportunity to flaunt, you know, her sexuality. Um, I thought this version, um, she would, I, I just, I just thought she was good. She, when she was fighting and punching, she was fighting, you would think, like a normal person does. One thing that irks the hell out of me is how in these comic book movies they have women fight. Mm -hmm. You know, they do that, you know, uh, cartwheel, wrap their legs around the guy's head, shift their weight and flip around and stuff. I hate when they do all that. And they did it with uh, Scarlett Johansson a lot when she was beginning as the Black Widow. But by the time the Russo brothers got her in uh, Infinity War, she was fighting like you would expect somebody who really fights. Not doing all this spinning and acrobatic crap. And like I said, that's what I saw when Zoe Kravitz was playing Catwoman. She was fighting. I bought her as a fighter. Um, it took me a long time to buy Scarlett Johansson as, you know, this super skilled fighter because of all this other nonsense. Uh, sort of like the way the fight choreography in Ahsoka is, which we'll go through. Uh, you know, it's, it, it's funny because, like, when you said that you really enjoyed it, 
Like you actually like I think the first was you said is that this is the Batman I've always wanted to see on on yeah. the big screen, and I was like, what? I mean, I understand the detective stuff, but I mean, one problem I have with with Zoe Kravitz, I think she's very attractive, she's a decent actor, but like I said, I, I there's no reason why they just couldn't have given her a mask, suspend disbelief whatever she found the mask somewhere she liked it put it on but here's another problem i had and i noticed it because when you said that you really enjoyed it i said well i'm gonna watch it again and i started watching it as we were texting back and would it be wild if i made all this up just to make you waste three hours of your time well i stopped after an hour (laughs) (laughs) but uh she's short and i just looked up her height she's five two no way should catwoman ever be five two Catwoman yes. should be very slinky. She should have long legs. That's how I see Catwoman. You know, but she's- like I said, that's why I was able to dis- disassociate the fact that she's not wearing, you know, the black skin tight vinyl, which seems to be the call. No, the, no but when yeah. she was like in her uh, her theft or, or you know costume, whatever she was wearing. Um, she looked good, but it's just from the head up, like with the, the stupid ski mask thing. If they would have just fixed that, I, I would have enjoyed it a little better or, or appreciated her well, a little it, bit more. It, but here's here's what helped disassociate it. When he kept calling her a, the cat burglar versus cat woman. Well, you know, they, like I said, that, that helped me say, okay, you know what? We're looking at a different selena kyle the way he's referring to her as a cat burglar you know i forget did 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 jay ever say if she was selena kyle i don't think i don't think they named her yeah because like she was the the daughter of she was was the daughter of falcone oh falcone yeah but like i said i anyway we could debate it for the whole show but i enjoyed it um i liked seeing a batman that just isn't super ninja who beats everybody up all the time i'd like to see him figuring something out with the clues you know anything i, I enjoyed that it. you anything you liked about the riddler um i liked the riddler better once they unmasked him yeah i didn't like that his costume that he, he, he had glasses <laughs> Yeah. Well, no, no. I like the fact that he was, he looked like this really smart, recluse psycho um, that would manipulate situations and stuff, you know, but he has this flaw that he has to give clues away to say what he's doing. Um, but I like, I like the angle that, you know, he's streaming stuff and how he's actually convincing these other people to join him and like the crazy stuff that happened at the end at Madison square garden, um, or it's counterpart. But like I said, I, I liked what they did with it. Once they got him out of costume, if they didn't have him in that stupid costume for the whole time, um, I think I probably would have liked it even more. I would have, no, I would have his but, character more. Maybe keep his mask, his his face is covered, but he still has sort of the, the Riddler suit or even just a green suit, but have him dressed up looking like he's wearing garbage bags. I I don't get it, but yeah, uh, I, I I he just like 
he was a little too much like Hannibal Lecter for me. Oh yeah, the the whole bit with duct taping faces up. I mean, honestly, that I gotta say they they made the Riddler, even though this wasn't the Riddler, they made him into a very scary villain person. Yeah. Yeah, he, creepy. He, he was scary. He was creepy. He wasn't the Riddler that we know, but they turned him into a good, scary, creepy villain. Was, that a, was this a rated R? I'm looking. I don't. I don't know. I don't so. think so. I think we were. I think yeah. You and I talked about that. That it should have been, but I don't think it was. Because um, yeah, I can't see kids seeing this you know he was a little too much no it's too much for kids it, it should be a strong pg-13 i think they they probably just had to cut it down to get the minimums you know like how you can only drop two oh, yeah. bombs i think in a pg-13 what do you think of colin farrell as penguin um i i liked what they did they kind of turned him into how the penguin is now in the comics. Um, he's still a criminal, but he kind of or he kind of runs the club where all the criminals come to do business. Hmm. And I think he takes a cut out of it. You know, he's still a bad guy, but you know, he's not the one robbing banks. You know, he might do the money laundering after the fact, but you know, he's not running around with the umbrellas. And uh, I thought it was funny in a bit that, you know, here's the Penguin and Batman and Commissioner Gordon have him. And they just, like, leave him handcuffed under a bridge somewhere. And it's like, he's like, aren't you going to let me go? Aren't you going to drop me off somewhere? And they're just ignoring him completely. Um, I thought that was that was funny because that's kind of like he is in the comics now. Um, Batman knows exactly where he is all the time. He's at his club. And if he ever needs him, he just goes there and does comes in without a reservation. Yeah, well, I, a little, little shakedown. <laughs> I, I felt like Colin Farrell played him a little bit too much like a gangster, like either Tony Soprano or one of his guys. Well, that's, that's kind of how he is now. I don't like that. That's not the penguin for me. What you're waiting for? I don't know. I mean, I had seen. I remember years ago. I picked up this this DC comic it was called Secret Origins, and it had like the origin of Batman. I'm sorry, the Penguin, the Riddler, and I forget who else. But the only good one was was the Penguin, and I really liked it. Like he was kind of he wasn't like the penguin in Batman returns where he was a freak or anything like that, but he was chubby. He was overweight. He was bullied on by kids. And then like, I think like he, the only thing that kind of took him out of it or the thing that he enjoyed was, was birds, you know, like um, reading about birds, seeing them in the parks and all that stuff. But I really enjoyed the origin story. I, I kind of forget, <laughs> I, I forget most of it, but, I was more, I had more sympathy for the character growing up because he was bullied. And then by him being bullied so much, he became the penguin. Um, he became the bully. Well, he became a criminal anyway. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, he's taken out 
that frustration uh, it, that he had when he was younger. I mean, I, and it, you know what? This could also be the fact that I was never a really big DC reader. Growing up, I was all Marvel. So, um, a lot of the early, when I started reading it is when uh, Taylor had started talking about Matt, Batman. I'm like, oh, well, let me see what they're doing with them. So, I've read the more recent Batman stuff a lot more than I used to when I was a kid. So, I didn't have that attachment to, you know, the Riddler in the comics or the Penguin in the comics. So, that may have helped me with why I like Yeah, them. maybe. But again, my I, I thought it was too long. And I, like I said before, I hate the Batmobile. I think that's the worst Batmobile they've ever made because it's just a car. That's and, a Marvel car. It, yeah. I mean, I, I would have liked to seen a little bit more stylism on it. But you know what? It didn't bother me because I thought that was a wild scene with the, you know, him chasing the penguin down the highway. They're going in the right direction. They're going in the wrong direction. You know, they're cutting each other off and stuff. I thought it was an exciting car chase. I see. I didn't like uh, the Dark Knight's Batmobile because it just was a tank. And I, I, I love guess the I, tank. Well, you know tank. where that came from? Chicago. Oh, from the Dark Knight Returns. That's right out of Frank Miller that he turned the Batmobile into pretty much a assault vehicle slash tank so that's where yeah, that from. But, but still um but that's again that that was from the dark knight returns uh, you know and that's something different but to me if you're gonna have a batman i like i actually like ben affleck's batmobile although we saw very little of it really i guess we saw some in justice league um and i i don't know i just kind of like the cool wasn't it justice batmobile. league Oh yeah, remember he was going through like, uh, you know, at the end where he was trying to stop Stephen Wolf and. Oh, that's right. He had a Batmobile. That's right. Yeah, he was driving all over the place in that Russian, or was it Chernobyl? I don't even I know. Think it was Chernobyl was. supposed to be Chernobyl? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, um, well, it's, you know, glad you liked it. Uh, yeah. When, when I was talking to you last week, yeah, it made over. I think it made about seven hundred fifty million. So it, it was a success. They are making a second one. Um, I heard that they're going to introduce Robin in this one, which is kind of bizarre because that's what you're doing with the Brave and the Bold. It's going to be Batman and, and Robin, but Damien, I don't know which Robin is going to be in this one. And I don't know who the Robin is going to be. Is it going to be, you know, the, the mayor's son, the, you know, the, the kid with the blonde hair that was at the funeral? that uh, he saved or is it going to be the black guy in the train station that didn't, that warned him that some guy was going to shoot him. Remember he didn't want to beat the Asian guy up like he was trying to be initiated. Well, Oh yeah. Well, I, here's it, the thing after James com James guns comments, uh, anything that happens before preacher commandos is uh, not canon. So, who knows what he's going to do? So what would you give it out of a rating? Out of 10? I would give it about an 8. Alright, that seems... You know, because, like I said, I enjoyed it. Um, 
like for example, The Dark Knight, I would give it like a nine and a half, nearly a ten. Um, but I, I, I really thought it was better than uh, Batman Begins and The Dark Knight Rises. I thought it was terrible. Um, well, I, 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 Snyder, the Snyder verse. So, um, like I said, I enjoyed this Batman a lot. And what I really liked about this Batman, though, is that there was so much Batman in this. Yes. He, exactly. he outweighed Bruce Wayne by a huge margin. So I was like, thank you for a change. And he and he kept his mask on for most of the time, too. Yeah. And, you know, I, I like when Batman goes in the Batcave and he takes his cowl off and he just has the cape on and his his bat outfit or his costume on. Uh, that looks that always looks cool. And I know Affleck had done it, and Ballot had done it too. Uh, but I, and and so did this guy Pattinson. I, I I just like that. But keep it on when you're not. Well, yeah, I I guess I'm. I shouldn't be complaining because all the Batman kept their mask on. It's the friggin' MCU people. It's like, oh, I need to talk to Tony. He wants to see my face. I'm pretty sure. I'll just take my mask off. <laughs> Anyway, all right. Well, good, Jack. I'm happy for you. Um, so I I had seen Oppenheimer. I just wanted to say really quick about that. And it was very good. It's definitely going to be at the Oscars. I would say. Um, yeah, Cillian is that his name? Cillian Murphy. Killian. Killian. Thank you. <laughs> he was good. He I, he probably deserves best actor i don't i haven't seen a ton of movies but he did one hell of a performance robert downey jr was really good i didn't know him for like the first 15 minutes really yeah because like he played you know basically a guy i would say like he was in his 70s or you know maybe late 60s and he had glasses on, and his, he had like a receding hairline and well, gray he was hair. Not Tony Stark. He was not Tony Stark. He was clean shaven, but even his voice, I was like, because uh, he introduced um, Oppenheimer to Einstein. I, I forget at what university they were at. And they were at Princeton, I thought. Um, I don't think it was Princeton, though. I think it was somewhere else. But anyway, um, you know, and I kept, I, I, and I, I just thought it was just somebody, you know, had no idea it was Robert Downey Jr. So I was impressed with him. Uh, and it's, I, I know Charlie's going <laughs> to get sick of me saying this, but I don't know quantum physics <laughs> and I wish I did. I think I would have enjoyed the movie so much more. So I would say I was lucky if I got like 60 to 70% of that movie. You know, I don't think you had to because, you know, I'm not a hard science helps. guy either. Well, it helps. You know? It may have helped and given you a different understanding of it, but I don't think not knowing quantum physics is going to take away your enjoyment or interest in the movie. Well, yeah, but it's still like, a, you know, they, they kind of explain like how it would work. And I know, I think that the, if I, if I'm right, one of them, like they don't even mention, I don't think they mention their names, fat man and little boy, 
but one of them was plutonium and one of them was uranium. Um, and it just was like they were trying to beat the Russians. Or, or no, first they were trying to beat Hitler and the Nazis, but then later on they were trying to beat the Russians. But it, it is fascinating because, like, they do even say in the trailer, he says, you know, like, uh, are we going to be safe with this? And they said, well, there's less than 1% chance of of it burning the atmosphere and, and destroying the planet. You know, like cutting cutting a hole in the atmosphere and then just it burning everything, and then we'd be dead like in a couple of weeks. And what's scary is that that could happen. You know, it's like how we're experimenting with things, and that's probably how we're gonna die. Is that we're gonna screw ourselves up? Yeah, yeah. And like some scientist is gonna do something. It's gonna just call like look, look at COVID. I mean, that was basically some idiot scientists trying to create a super virus and then well, it that's got a out. conspiracy which i i kind of buy into that but the official line is this happened naturally and no it's not it's not a, uh, i don't know this is this fedra <laughs> you'll be the uh deciding vote on that one um yeah from from my understanding the narrative is that they're trying to connect it to the the Wuhan market, but they've not been able to prove that it was transferred from animal to human, that they so far have really found it it being lab made. And for what reason other than being a bioweapon? There's no other reason I could think of, of why you would try yeah. to create diseases. Well, you know, it's funny, uh, um I remember Mission Impossible 2. The whole dun, thing is... Uh, dun, 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 dun. And everybody hates that movie, but that basically was kind of like what COVID Mission was. Mission Impossible 2, really? Yeah, because like, they created oh, that was this... like crazy stuff. That was total John Woo. It was John Woo. But the whole premise of that was that uh, this, uh, you know, this bio lab created this virus this really powerful virus but they also had the antidote and so they were going to release the virus to kill i don't know maybe a million people and then they were going to sell the virus and they were, their stock was going to go flying you know and they will become billionaires and that's basically the story of mission impossible too i mean that's in v for vendetta i posted that like was it times yeah, really? I posted that several times on my social media during 2020, all for the last three years. Yeah, that it, was they, a, it was a virus. Yeah, they they um they created a virus. It was taken place in England. Obviously, that's where this whole you know V for Vendetta takes place. They chose three certain areas of where to distribute the actual disease. One was uh, a school. One was in the drinking water of some place. I gotta and, watch that again. And then they also sold the quote unquote antidote while the person that was becoming high chancellor of the campaign to be uh, the chancellor. And then, you know, he's a dictator. Yeah. Well, anyway, my point was uh, Tom Cruise had to save the world. By getting the, but by destroying the virus first before it was let out into the world. And he came so close. And then he, 
had a flashback of something and he was thinking and then all of a sudden the bad guys came and he missed one vial and one vial escaped and it got injected into his girlfriend (laughs) of course and she had 48 hours um before she can get the vaccine and uh, if or the antidote <laughs> and if she didn't get it she was going to die and she was going to spread the uh, virus throughout all of it was either australia or new zealand um anyway so getting back to oppenheimer though it's just like it's it's you know what's great about it is it's a movie and it's like we we're so used to going to the movies and just being underwhelmed and seeing like tons of mediocrity and then when you finally sit and you watch a movie like this is a long movie it had to be like around three hours i didn't need a coke at all because i was just so enthralled and i was tired too i was like i'm gonna fall asleep my biggest fear was like i was gonna have to go take a pee you know in between some scenes and as soon as uh, i go to the bathroom it's like i miss like a huge plot thing that happened but it was it was very good the acting was great it really was very good good. yeah again and there's a subplot there too you know like they don't really show you but that's also like it's kind of like a mystery um i would definitely recommend it i I can't wait for it to come out on digital so i can watch it with subtitles and i can pause it and kind of ponder what just happened uh yeah i just like again it i have a friend that that could watch this and he would get every single beat of it not me <laughs> you know? yeah i i think you both would enjoy it but it's yeah it's you, you definitely have to have your brain on and plus i didn't have my my c4 in my system which helps me to focus my pre-workout thing that day i didn't take it and so it was even i was even dumber than i normally was <laughs> so uh that kind of sucks, but you know, I would, I would, I would give it probably a nine out of ten. And, but you, uh, you know, I mean, you made the point about the subtitles. Um, like I said, I, I would, you know, what I probably would watch it again with the subtitles, but that would be enough. I don't think, I don't think it has much rewatchability, but it was no, it does because move. you know, what are you talking about? You know, like. You said it was an excellent movie. It was. It was a. It was a very good. Oh, movie. you did see it. Oh, you did see it. Oh yeah. Oh, oh, I no, forgot. I. I saw it. Uh, what was it? I saw it before Barbie. Um, okay, <laughs> that's nice. But it was, um, like I said, it was excellent. But like I said, it doesn't have that rewatchability for it. Like I, 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 I'm like, wow, this is, this is something, or that was that was some movie. But it's not. Like I said, it doesn't have that rewatchability. Well, I want to rewatch it again because, again, there's... You know what's funny, too, is that there were so many people that looked alike that I couldn't figure out who is who half the time. Just like some of the scientists that were working with them. And I think it would help if I had the subtitles on. Jack, <laughs> Jack's giving me this face. I, I didn't have that problem, but I did. But, again, I was... I was a little stupid that day. So, <laughs> what about you, Fedra? You got anything? Do you see anything uh, that you thought was fascinating? No Barbie yet? 
No, I've been really just just Osaka. Nothing, nothing interesting yet. There's a few things like um, made a new friend who's in music, and he really suggested I look at The Sopranos, and that's been on my list for a long time. I think that's a lot say, of look, seasons. Look at The Sopranos for music, and I was like, eh, I don't think you need to do that. But no, it's a it's a good series. It had me hooked. The whole time it was on. I mean, I love Italians and I love mobster movies, so it's like hand in hand there. Like you can't how bad can it yeah, be? Yeah, it's probably right up your alley then. No, it's yeah. good. The, the the movie that they came out with which was kind of like a prequel, I thought that blue. Um was it the Kings of Newark or something? I don't know. It was garbage. Anyway, let's get into Ahsoka. So this one is episode seven. It's called Dreams and Madness. So, Fedra, what were your thoughts? I mean, I I think it was as equally as terrible as the last episode, so I'm still rating it five out of ten. I'm sorry. I, I think I'm just a snob at this point. No, it's not being snobby. There's a lot of people that feel the way you do. And I mean, and you know, I sometimes feel that way, but sometimes I enjoy it too. I mean, visually, visually, overall, the entire series is beautiful. There's there's Mm. so many, you know, I agree with you. There's so many segments with effects that it's great. Um, But the writing, like just their little catchphrases and. Just the little things like, um, I did like the, the quote unquote training montage that, that did look, you know, nice, you know, no, there's no, there's no, no Rocky montage, right? It wasn't a Rocky one, but you know, it was, it was nice. Like I was like, okay, I, I appreciate that. Uh, well, as a woman. And I think that this will not as a woman. No, you as a woman. woman. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I think it 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 won some kind of award, uh, some woman's award. (laughs) I forget what it was. Um, Broad armed women's society. Well, it's the you know for the advancement of women, showing uh, positive, uh, influential women in in. And cinema and screens and TV screens and all that. This mo- this show? Oh yeah, yeah. I- I'll send it to you. I forget what it was, but it was just like nothing they ever heard of. But you know, of course, some of the idiots on Reddit were like, "Yes, yes," and I'm like, "Well, so what?" <laughs> you know, it's like, woo. it's not like uh, they won a Nobel Peace Prize, but that has- <laughs> you never know. It's possible. But I no, mean, I, as as an award, I mean, I think that's that's great that they're getting that. No, but as a woman, you know? do, you, do do you know? Do you appreciate it more that the cast is predominantly female, and that uh, I would say all of them are are very strong characters. I do like that there is more female characters in the series because it it does make it different from Book of Boba and Andor 
and Mandalorian. As you've heard me say on all of the series, I wanted to be more creative. I wanted to be Star Wars. I wanted to be interesting. I want to be glued to the tube to know what comes next. Now, as a woman, <laughs> I have a very different opinion of what is strength in women versus masculine. So what I do appreciate in this episode is they show more about the force and the different ways of using the force, which I appreciated. And a lot of the times in the past, it was Anakin or Luke or any other male character that was doing it rather than female. So that I did appreciate. It's nice to balance that, if you will, uh, between characters and genders. You know? Well, we had Ray before that. Yes, but that was like the first, right? And so now we have Ray, we have Leia, now we have Ahsoka, Sabine. Like, it's nice that it's like, it's not just one Dude, character. Darth Bangs. Um, yeah, Darth Bangs is still not growing on me at all. Like, I, I heard a new name for her. Yeah. <laughs> that was pretty funny. Taylor Sith. No way. <laughs> That's kind of awesome. I wish she would just get on a ship and like go to some far out galaxy and join one of those bands with those aliens. I think she'd be a great like front woman, you know? You know, and if, if, if anybody gets out of line, she'll just, you know, whip out the saber. Um, I thought it was going to be funny. I tried um, but like Ezra, I'm not really feeling chemistry between Sabine and Ezra yet that I expected. And I expected it from the very beginning of how they described this like closeness, this like brother and sister kind of relationship. Like, I'm not seeing it. I'm not feeling it. I'm not seeing it. In fact, I see more of a closeness and respect in the relationship between Ahsoka and Sabine now, which I wasn't expecting that. I was expecting the op like uh, opposite now. So I don't like that. Uh, the turtle people, I feel like, are a distraction. It was cute in the last episode. This episode, it was like, okay, come on. Like, I know you're yeah, they're, they're kind of stupid. Yeah. It was just in the way, I felt. Um, I mean, Thrawn, I like Thrawn. He's playing a great villain. And honestly, like, if I was, you know, really focused on getting out of a galaxy, I like how he was emphasizing that he's going to be a step ahead of Osaka and he's kind of, like, leading her into things. And I thought that was really nice. Uh, I like that kind of maneuver there. Um, where am I going? <laughs> I, I did appreciate, like I said, the different forms of the Force where Ezra was moving people and Osaka was calling on to Sabine. But again, throughout the like series <laughs> of how we're seeing Sabine, she's really not a Jedi. She's a Mandalorian. And in my opinion, you would have to be in a lot of Jedi training to be that aware of your master. 
Well, that she heard Ahsoka's voice, she's going to be a Jedi now. You know, that's kind of like when yeah. Leia heard Luke's voice. So it's foreshadowing, and that pisses me off because I would rather they be like, well, she's broken. We can't use her. You know, we'll just have to get somebody else. And instead, like, we're going to have this crap. Everybody can be a Jedi. You know, it's like my milkman could be a Jedi. No, um, that's not true. Yeah, I that shouldn't be true. Well, Jack, so what do you think? Is it the opposite again? It would be again? a miracle if I'm not saving $15 a month after next week. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> okay. I think Fedra was just too kind in her review. Aw, wow, okay. Um, let's start at the beginning. All right. The yeah, first scene starts off scene. with this terrible Senate hearing, for lack of a better term. Yeah, I thought she was done. I thought we were never going to see her again. And I, I thought, oh, that's good. thought that was the most moronic setting to even, even script. Okay, we've already heard enough times. What is Hera? General. General. Exactly. Doesn't being a general allow you to move your own resources? I I don't recall like Patton, MacArthur, Schwarzkopf ever having to go to ask Congress for permission how to move his troops around. Okay, so first you have, you know, that whole scene where now, you know, she's responsible. Her She's responsible to ask Congress, the Senate, how she should move the fleet that she's in command of. But she was told to not go and help Ahsoka. She's specifically she, told that. The Senate doesn't get to tell a general what to do. Who tells a general what to do? The president. Yes. Was the senator from unnamed planet, was he the president? No. Mon Mothma isn't even the president. No, no, but that's the whole thing. They don't have a president. So yeah, that but, council. But you know. but senators from nowhere don't get to tell the general how to reallocate the forces that they've entrusted to her. Well, to be are you trying? Are you trying to defend Hera? Because I'm not happy about that. If you're defending her, no, I just thought the whole whole scene was ridiculous. And then, of course, you have C-3PO coming in, and C-3PO is now the C-3PO we've known through, let's face it, he's been in every movie. C-3PO is mouthing off to a security guard that, yeah, yeah, I don't need to show you my ID. Are you freaking kidding? He's a protocol droid. He should be offering his ID, ID to identify himself. You know, and he's arguing with a security guard? That's a good point. Okay. And then, you know, of course, you know, 3PO comes in and gives his little speech. And Harry's there, like, looking at him like, oh, I got out of it. Like, she should be like, I'm annoyed I've even been dragged in here. You know, she shouldn't be finding any mirth in it at all. You know, 
So then she gets off the hook. Okay. Mon Mothma comes over and calls her out on it, tells her, you know, you're full of crap. You know, you and Leia, Leia did this to get you out of trouble. Okay. So, you know, and then you get the ominous. Prepare, prepare for the worst, but hope for the best. Like, really? That's Star Wars dialogue? You know, anyway, so that's garbage scene one. Then we get to garbage scene two, which is Ahsoka training. Okay. You couldn't make the training a little bit more exciting. You have the remote droids hanging up on the freaking wall. Why don't you show her practicing with her lightsaber? It's like six remotes going along and she's bouncing bolts off of them for each other. No, we see her doing the slow motion, you know, Ponce, uh, you know. I, st I wanted to point out, though, I, I do think that Rosaria Dawson plays the character very well, you know. I well, believe Mario Dawson Ahsoka. is extremely talented. It's what she has to work with. True. That that's all I'll say there. So then we get that scene, you know, and we get a little bit of scene of gee, we gotta squeak in, you know, Anakin a little bit. Let's let's make him a hologram here for, you know, 30 seconds. I'm just like, oh, good God. Th this whole series was made for Clone Wars fans. So anyway. <laughs> then we cut to the next scene. You know, here comes Ahsoka. You know, she she's now. You know, they're inside the well, the whale. They're coming out of the whale. That was you cool. Know. That was a cool looking scene. They come out, and here is this incredibly huge minefield that goes on for like near infinity when you're looking at it. Didn't Thrawn like just give them like an hour, a couple of hours to lay all that out? Mm -hmm. It doesn't, it doesn't happen like that in any science fiction show at all. You know, even Star Trek took like weeks to lay down a minefield. It was, it was just, I'm watching it. I'm like, oh, good God, you know, and then to get out of the whale, she's flying around. Nothing. But that was cool. She could see the destruction from the whale's mouth. I I don't know. I kind of like. Well, that was kind of cool. Yeah. And the destruction of the whales flying through the minefield that really shouldn't have been there was cool. I did. Yeah. I liked. I liked the graphics they did on the whale. But here's the thing. Ahsoka's flying around in an old Jedi shuttle, which I didn't know that was the name of the ship she was flying around, that it was a Jedi shuttle. Han Solo, one of the best pilots in the galaxy from what we've seen. He was a general. In the fastest ship, fastest hunk of junk in the galaxy. You know, he's running away from a squadron of TIE fighters and he's getting shots hitting the ship you know he's like holy crap i gotta get out of here okay ahsoka's just like well, uh, you know, well she had a much smaller ship nothing too. hits the ship yep she true. makes it all the way through it's not like we have to hide in the debris field to repair the damage no let's let's just hide in the in the repeat in the 
just, you know, kind of relax. Okay. But the witches found her really quick. Well, that was one of the few things I liked. Um, after watching the scenes with the witches, sorry, Fedra, you know, I know how you feel about witches in media, but the witches of Dathomar potentially can turn into great Star Wars villains. I like the fact, I guess they have these little orbs, lets them focus their power or something, or augments it. But I thought it was very cool how each of them brought out like their little crystal ball. It augments and, it. Hmm? It augments it because a sphere rotates, right? And so what they're doing is they're using energy to draw lines. And through those lines are constellations. Yeah. I, I thought that was a cool scene and how they're looking. And it's like they couldn't, they wouldn't have found Ahsoka until she used the force and then they were able to detect her. I just thought that was a, a cool angle for them where I really think the witches of Dathomar could be really good villains, like not just handmaidens of Thrawn. I think they could be outright good villains on their own. Um, and then we get to, you know, Ezra and Sabine cruising through the tundra, you know. Why is it Ezra's taking so long to call Sabine out on this? Now, here it is. They're hanging around. They've got nothing to do. They're hanging around, just the two of them together. And he's putting up with this. Well, you know, I don't think I want to tell you, you know, like if it's your friend and you know, they're obviously have some something they're not going to tell you, you're not going to constantly I, be like, okay, tell me, tell me later then it's fine. Boy, who, who are you imitating? Ezra or Sabine? <laughs> no, I, I think Ezra should have been calling her out. Oh, you're saying you know, like, tell me the truth. Tell me what happened. You know, it's great to see you. Thank you for coming to get me. Oh, yeah, that she... But there's she more to this story. What do I need to know here since, you know, we're going towards a Star Destroyer, you know, filled with, well... Yeah, like that she she didn't tell him. Well, I also... Troopers. I hitched a ride on an Imperial Star... Well, it wasn't a Star Cruiser. What was it? It was, you know, like a... No, it was that hyperspace ring. The hyperspace ring, yeah. You know... Um, so, so I got I I have to come. Well, I I you know you've been talking for a while. I have to. I'm not even this. done yet. I know you're Forget not. What about stormtroopers keeping their armor together with duct tape? All right. <laughs> I want to say this though. They're, they're both kind of lounging in their little, you know, pill bug tank or whatever you want to call it, and and he's like, "So, what's been going on since uh, I've been away?" And she's like, "Well, yeah, well, the Empire was defeated, and, and you know that Emperor guy? Well, he's dead." Or so they say. So they say. I mean, that has got to be one of the worst written lines in all of the Disney Plus Star Wars series. Because what they're trying to say is like, see, guys, see, guys, we're trying to let you know that the Emperor is actually alive. Sabine knows it, that it's very possible. And, you know, you know that there were, you know, some people watching it going, yes, yes, you know. But it's just so corny. It wasn't neat. I would have appreciated it more if she just said, "Yeah, the emperor was killed," because no one knows that he's that he he may have survived. 
you know, right. everyone assumes it's like, well, that whole thing blew up. You, I'm pretty sure the guy is dead. I would just say, yeah, he died. You know, he fell down a shaft and then the thing blew up. He's dead. Right. All right. Go well, ahead. Anyway, we have the big fight scene coming. Yeah. Okay. So you have 10 of those guys in red. What, what were they called? The scavengers or something or bandits, bandits, whatever. Like the okay. seven little bandits. <laughs> there's there's ten of them coming. Around ten, maybe a dozen, we'll say. Okay. Now, they should be all scared when just last week Sabine took out like... Five of them or six of them. Five or six of them by herself without breaking a sweat. Okay. So you have her. But then you have a guy like Ezra there who is a Jedi, not a, not a Jedi in semi-Jedi in training. He's a full-fledged Jedi. You know, why are they so worried about the, these guys? I mean, Ezra, Ezra's thing in Rebels was he had a connection with animals. That's how the whales got involved in the first place, because Ezra was able, through the Force, to communicate with them. He could have just sent out the thought ways, whatever, and made those wolves buck their riders, you know, go in different directions. I don't get why they're so scared of these guys. Like I said, when Sabine by herself was able to take out five, Ezra should be able to handle the other seven, no problem. Okay. And then Darth that Bangs comes along. Okay. I did like that her and Balin split, that he gave her the, you have your path. Mine is going a different way. Yeah, I was like, oh, that, that's pretty good. That's fine. And, and so you might die, just so you know. What's that? And you might die, just so you know. Well, he wasn't. I didn't think he had. No, he didn't say that. But I think that that's where it's leading to. You know, he's basically going to feed her to the wolves, and then she's going to turn and become lovers with Sabine. I'm I sure. So anyway, Darth Bangs goes down there. She gets into a fight with them. Okay. They're fighting you back and forth all the time. You know, now Ezra's whole thing. I do like the fact Ezra is doing the whole martial arts monk. Where's Kung thing. Fu? Yeah, it kind of reminded me of like in Rogue One with yeah, uh, I think that's the guy with the stick. I forget I mean, his name. Yeah, yeah. Whatever. You know, I, but that's just it. You know, it's like. Donnie Yen. You know. I I like that. I like that he was able to fight and incorporate the force in small doses. In small yeah, doses. But see, I don't, yeah, I don't like it because it it does. And this is again where I have to step in because they're you know even the placement visually, right? Osaka was in front of both of them in front of Miss Bangs, and then Sabine, and then Ezra was like leaning against one of the turtle homes, you know? If I was directing this, that would not happen. First of all, it would be Osaka and then Ezra right behind her. If he's a true Mandalorian and a true like soldier, he'd be like ready to go. Doesn't matter that he was on that galaxy with those turtles. He'd be training like every day because he would be motivated to get off of that galaxy. Well, he's instead, not a in my, instead of, in my opinion, they make him very passive and weak. No, well, that's the whole thing. His whole character, he's a, 
I can't say the word, but you know what I'm thinking. It begins with a P. He's a weenie, you know, like where it's like they're like, here, take your lightsabers. Like, no, I can't take it. I gave it to you. And it's like, but you're better at it with it. But I still gave it to you. That whole thing. Yeah. I just wanted to start smacking yeah, the thing, both of them. That stupidity. They're getting into a fight and you'd think he'd use anything available. This yeah. series is made to emasculate at least Ezra, but it's to, again, elevate the female cast, emasculate the male ones. You know, that's well, how that's, I see it. That's the only thing that, you know, is an issue because I do, it's, it's difficult because I see both sides. I could say, well, it's, it's the guy's turn, right? It's the guy's turn to be more passive. It's the guy's turn to be more weak and just let the women just be more in charge and let the women be more strong, which I'm like, all right, cool. You can, you can play that. But at the same time, I generally like things to be more realistic. And in the world of Star Wars, if Ezra was again a Mandalorian, that wouldn't be the case. Yeah, but, but, but he wasn't Mandalorian. Yeah, he wasn't Mandalorian. But 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 my point is, my, he's a my Jedi issue is we're seeing way yeah. too much. We're seeing way too much with this with Disney, because like again in Indiana Jones, you had to have Phoebe Waller Bridge show up Indiana Jones every freaking time. In the MCU, it's mostly women now. You know that are. I don't know if there are any men left in the MCU, you know, and now they're doing this. It's like where you have three brave, strong women being defended by Nancy Pelosi in the Senate. And then I don't know, Leia sends her, her droid out to, you know, bitch. It's, you know, the, that one guy that's like, I'm going to demote you. It's, it's just so annoying. It's just so <laughs> obvious what, what they're doing. It, it's like, you know, Filoni is basically succumbed to the dark side. He is the slave of Kathleen Kennedy and whatever she wants, he does. And okay. she wants to portray that all of these women are powerful. All of these men are weak. And I'm sure Balin is going to do something stupid, you know, where he's going to either, I don't know if they're going to kill him or whatever. Well, but Thrawn and Balin are still, you know, strong figures still, you know, Thrawn, on the male Thrawn, side right now. The Thrawn's got a belly. <laughs> you know? So, no anyway. Have this whole, All right, well, we Sorry, go back Jack. to Jack. In come the trooper ships. All the stormtroopers with duct tape on them come running out. Okay. You're telling me they're able to keep a Star Destroyer floating in the air, but they can't figure out how to repair armor for stormtroopers without duct tape hanging off of them. I was like, I'm like, what, what the heck? So I started looking to see if like, did these guys put, is this red paint maybe that, you know, they've painted their armor somehow or another, but no, as they're running, you're seeing flat, you're seeing the duct tape flag on them. Mm. And I had to pause it for a couple of moments. I'm like, am I seeing what I think I'm seeing? You know, that here it is. They're running and, Duct tapes hanging off them, so I'm like, "What? What? What's become of the Empire? What the hell's going on here?" So anyway, they have this fight scene. You know, all of a sudden it's like uh, retreat. So our home troop, so the stormtroopers are all like, later they all run back to their ships. 
Darth Bang keeps standing there, just looking, and she decides to like start talking. Where Ahsoka's like, "I can help you. Come with me. Join the Rainbow Bright Brigade." <laughs> That's a good one. You know, but it's like, why is she staying there? If she's supposed to be the villain, and now she's outnumbered, you know, three to one. You went, you know. She should have looked at them, given them a sneer or something, and like done a backward somersault over the little turtle mobile and gone into one of the ships. Okay, so that's a problem. Here's the other thing now. Thrawn has got his gold. He's got Ahsoka, uh, Sabine, Sabine, and Ezra all in one spot, standing around. He has an orbital ring in orbit that is armed. He has a freaking Star Destroyer. Why isn't he just calling for an orbital bombardment bombardment on that location where they're all standing around? Well, Thrawn should have killed Ezra. And, you know, he's like, Ahsoka could be trouble. You know, you know, she was the apprentice of, you know, Anakin Skywalker. Now Thrawn knows Anakin Skywalker turns into Darth Vader. That's why he's nervous because he's like, holy crap, we could have a little hellion on our hands. See, I didn't get that. I, I thought that he was hoping that she would turn to the dark side. Yeah, but he, I, I think he'd just like, you know what? We're leaving. He was planning on leaving them stranded on that planet anyway. Yeah. Why not just take the shot and say, you know what? Just so I don't have to worry about these pains in the asses anymore. You know, let me, heck, send a TIE bomber down and drop a bunch of bombs on the area. Just, he's got all this firepower. Just blow them up. You know, but instead, you know, he recalls everybody and it's like, okay, you know, we'll leave them be. And they have a little kumbaya moment. Yeah, why didn't like Ahsoka go up to Sabine and say, you effed up again? Why didn't you destroy that when I told you to destroy it? You know? Yeah. Instead, she's oh, like, but I do have to how, say, about a, how about a hug? I <laughs> do have to say, I'm glad we've seen a little bit of the Clone Wars Ahsoka this time. She was kind of smiling. She was kind of kidding around with the robot and her ship. You know, she kind of was a bit playful with uh, Ezra, that's a Sabine we should have seen through this whole show instead of this stoic one. So anyway, here it is. Now, this is the last episode before the finale. Wouldn't you think they would end it on a cliffhanger to get everybody psyched up for what's to come next week? Yes, you would think. Yeah, but instead we have the little kumbaya moment. Where the tur- I'm surprised the turtle... People didn't come out and start singing Yub Nub, you know, or something. Yeah, they don't sing that song anymore. I know they don't sing that song anymore. But like I said, this, I would give this episode a two. Holy crap. I would give it a two. The only reason it doesn't get a one, because I thought the space whales were cool. But other than that, and the witch part I, I talked about. I, I'd probably give it. I wouldn't give it a two. I'd give it a little higher. 
No, nope. two solid two for me. And like I said, I'll probably after next week, I'll probably be saving. Naturally, I think we pay thirteen dollars a month, so I'll be saving thirteen dollars a month because I'm I'm out. I'm done. Um, no, I, I mean I'd probably give it a four, but yeah, it's it's the writing because again, it looks. We've all said this. It looks beautiful. It's like I'd love to see this on the big screen. Uh, you know, something like this on the big screen. A good movie with these special effects artists working on a Star Wars episodic movie and seeing all of this beauty up there in an IMAX if possible. That's good. I mean, you cannot deny the fact that whoever is working on the special effects, they're doing an excellent job. No, this, and, the special effects do look good. It's the problem is it's the story. the story. And it's not even the actors because they have good actors. No, yeah, they're, they're, I, I can't say, I mean, I don't like, uh, what's her name, Hera. Um, what's her name? I forget her name. Uh, you know, I'm talking about. I know Scott Pilgrim. <laughs> yes. Anyway, I don't. I she's just not Hera for me, and she's annoying. And to, you know, it's a combination of she's not a great actress. She doesn't look like the character, and she, again, she's that she's just poor. I really liked Hera in Rebels, and this one, she's so arrogant. You know, like I, I, I say it every week, but she's got to let us all know she's a general and she's got to let everybody know that it's it's just no. Can't the writers and like when you I'm sure when they finish this episode or they finish the whole series, they probably played it in front of like the executives. Nobody said she kind of comes off as annoying and arrogant. You know, maybe we'll cut out all the time that she uses the general stuff. Maybe we'll cut off half of the time she uses the general line. You know what I wonder? I wonder if the problem is Lucasfilms used to have a story group that would, you know, map out the expanded universe and you know, give, you know, come up with the plot lines and the stuff. And I mean, and they wrote books for 20 years before Disney bought, uh, bought Lucas arts and Dave Filoni. I don't dislike him with the passion you do Joe, but I think it's the same thing that Marvel could do as well. Um, maybe these guys should be the leader of a story story group not having to say like where Favreau was writing no that's a good idea writing. jack maybe the same thing with dave filoni like dave filoni might you know he'd be like you know we want to do ahsoka what do you guys got and let them come up with it rather than letting dave filoni come up with the entire storyline in some cases he's writing the whole episode and directing it maybe they need that story group back to like say well, okay you know what you have this maybe this character this doesn't fit with the characterization that you remember so he's got someone to bounce stuff off of and it's the same thing with favreau in marvel i think we saw great things from the beginning maybe he's getting a bit uh running out 
of ideas that he needs somebody else to come in and sort of give him that creative jolt. Um, but maybe that's the problem with both the Marvel and Star Wars franchises. You're leaving it too much in the hands of one person. It's not, and, one, it's not one person. It's a group of people still. And the issue is, is that they're already there. They don't want to leave. They want to still get paid, but they want to, again, push the stuff that they want to push. They don't want to push the stuff that the fans want to see, although some fans want to see this crap. You know, all this like clone. Well, what Wars they stuff. don't realize is the fans that want to see that crap is a very small percentage. Well, I don't know. There's no. a lot of Clone Wars fans. I, I will. No, say. no, but I, I'm saying the agenda that they push. Yes, it's nice to have representation and it's nice to have diversity, but you know what? You're over emphasizing it for a small percentage of your audience. You know, it's, it's funny. Yeah. I'm sorry. I, no, I'm sorry. I kind of cut in on you, but I, I started watching Ken Burns, the civil war and I'm watching like how all these generals like will organize these wars and, and like how they'll make mistakes, like really bad mistakes and how they're arrogant. And it's, I kind of feel like that's what it's like with Lucasfilm and Marvel to a degree that they have all of these people already in place and they're afraid to use other people because it will make them look bad. It's like, well, th these other people from the outside could come in and save Star Wars, but then they'll they'll rise faster than you will. So it's like, well, we don't then we don't hire that person. We just leave Star Wars as a mediocre franchise so that we still get paid. I don't even think it's mediocre anymore. I think it's just turning into crap. Maybe, you know what? Maybe I just need to watch the movies. Stick oh, yeah, yeah. Marvel movies and yeah. Star Wars movies. Well, okay. and just forget all these TV shows because they're just not doing it for me. And again, it's like, you know, I know I rag on them pushing women a lot. I, I don't hate women. I love Ray. I think she's a great character. I have no problems with her whatsoever. Some of the things that they wrote for her, she they do make her like, well, she she's better than Luke. She's better than Anakin. We didn't need to see that. You know, they they could have made it a little more humble where she failed at times and she had to struggle. You know, the, the road ahead for her I thought was a little too easy at times. But anyway, I don't know. I I just feel we're going to be stuck with this for a long time, but we've seen crap before. We've seen crap with Disney in their animated department where it seemed like they were never going to make anything good animated again. And then that, some, and that lasted a long time. Yeah, it did. The seventies was bad for Disney. You know, um, I think it kind of went down in. Well, when, yeah, when you're Walt, right. And Walt died. It was it was the Little Mermaid that brought it back. Oh yeah, maybe, no, it did. Maybe yeah, even man. you saw the comeback start with the Great Mouse Detective. You know, it's funny. Charlie doesn't like that movie. Uh, well, you know, it. I don't I think love it's a that great movie. movie, but I think that they made. That's when they made a good jump because the previous stuff. I never liked the looks of like the Rescuers, the Aristocats, Robin Hood. There was something always kind of yeah 
off. That cheap. wasn't quite it's cheap. Yeah. Um, but like I said, the little Grace, great mouse detective uh, kind of made the comeback. Like I still remember like that, the end fight in inside the gears of big. Yeah. Dead. Yeah. That was wild. And was like, I love that movie. I, I we think we hadn't seen that before on screen, you know, and then the little mermaid was just beautiful to watch, to look at. Um, and that's when the resurgence started with the restarted with the animation. But that was a long time waiting on from the Cinderella sleeping beauties all the way to mm -hmm. the great mouse detective or the little mermaid. That was a long gap. So if we're looking at that for star Wars and Marvel, I, I don't, we're going to die out before it has the resurgence. I think. Well, yeah, that's why I hope, uh, if I'm a ghost, I can at least see movies. Like I can just go see movies for free. <laughs> you know, I don't have to pay. I could see him like, I'll just come back later on tonight. You know, if I like it and it's good. That's why I'm going to haunt, haunt a movie theater. That's what I want. I'm picturing Joe in the back with chains rattling, you know, and everybody's like, what's going on with this movie? Shut your kids up. <laughs> No popcorn for you. <laughs> All right. So, Sir Jack, what was it that thing you were talking about, these leaks? Because I don't know if I'm familiar with them. Well, the first is James Gunn basically just, and this is from multiple, multiple podcasts that I've listened to today. Like, James Gunn is like saying, oh, if you want to go see Aquaman, enjoy it, but it really doesn't count for anything. Oh, did he say that? Yeah. He's like, Nothing, nothing really counts until creature commandos. No, but he also said that basically Gal Gadot could still come back as Wonder Woman. I, that now you see that seems that doesn't seem to. I'm not hearing that like that's something that's going to happen. No, but but we still keep in mum on that. I thought like the Amanda Waller series. You know, the is it a series or a movie that they're doing? And they're using the same actress that was in Suicide Squad. Again, I forget her name. But that's not to laughter, I think, Creature Commandos. But even so, but they're still using that character. She survived the Great Purge. And so did um, John Cena. John Cena, yep. As the Peacemaker. Like, they survived. Everybody else, Henry Cavill, get out of here. Ben Affleck, get him out of here. You know, Um I a part of me I want it to be good, but I also wouldn't mind if it failed, just because I want to see everybody go after James Gunn. He's such an arrogant bastard now, you know. Now you see, I, I'm the other way. I just he could be as as arrogant as he as James Cameron, as long as he puts out something good, as long as these movies are fun again. I want DC to succeed. I want Marvel to succeed. I want Star Wars to succeed. I want all these things to do well. But right now they're just making it so damn hard to stay a fan. And that leads me to the other point that had me outraged for most of the day until I saw Ahsoka. Supposedly there have been leaks out that the Fantastic Four is going to be the Fem Four. No. All women. 
I don't believe that. I, I, you know what? That's supposedly what's being kicked around, which is why Sue Storm is going to be the leader of it. She's going to be the leader of the Fem Four. And I, I mean, but I, you know, I, I mean, part of me it wouldn't be surprised because again, Marvel is basically all female now. Because like the the next series that's coming up is, uh, well, is it Daredevil? And and but you see the, the yeah Daredevil as well. But like I said, like I said, this was on uh, several different podcasts today because once I, once I watched one, they all came up in the YouTube. You know, watch you know this one, this well, one, this one. The other day, last week or this week, they said that uh, what's her name? The one that's Snow White. Um, I can't think of her name. Rachel. Rachel Zegler. Rachel Zegler. They said Disney fired her. You know, and I'm not gonna fire her. No, it's, it's not true. She was fired from. Well, she wasn't really fired. It was Paddington Three. She was right. going to be in Paddington Three, and because of the writers' strike, they decided to go with somebody else. But for some reason, they're all taking it as though she was fired from Snow White. It well, hasn't happened. You know, um, that's why you got to take all these with a grain of salt. I, I mean, if, if Disney is that friggin' dumb to have a Femme Four for the Fantastic Four, I, I still don't believe it. You know, you see, that's the problem. I believe Disney is that dumb. <laughs> I think they, they so far they have crapped over the franchises that I grew up loving. Well, you know what? I'd be okay and, with it. Nothing past them. I'd be okay with it as long as they're all hot. And I'm sure that's not going to be the case. You're going to get that fat chick from Barbie. She'll be in the movie. <laughs> I'm sure it's a thing or whatever the hell. No, probably the invisible woman because it's like, ugh. Oh, also, <laughs> well, not that it's, I mean, this isn't really news, but I was laughing too, how like people are getting upset that people are fat shaming Thrawn. <laughs> it's like, Jesus, we need to, we need an alien invasion so we can have these kids go to war because Jack and I are too old to go to war. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I wouldn't I, mind going, I, I would go to war. I would re-enlist. Can I do that? You're too old, dude. No, they wouldn't take me. I mean, if they aliens? draft you, I mean, if they draft you, I think they'll take anybody. Yeah. Why not? Nah, I don't. You get to a certain age, and <laughs> we'd be a liability. Oh, and I want—I I haven't brought this up. So, what's the deal? You know, I sent you guys so many pictures and videos and all that stuff of those aliens that they found in Peru, and you guys said nothing. What's the deal with that? Are you trying I, to imply I don't you don't believe they're you don't real. believe in any of that? I don't believe they're real. I think they're they're made up or something to look to look as good as they do, but I'm sorry, I don't I don't believe they're real because if somebody had that, we would have heard about it before. We would have heard about it earlier, not Fedra. Peru is a very magical place. The yeah. tribes in Peru, I mean, they do all, you know, psychedelic work in Peru. And, you know, it's theorized that we learned of astrology and, you know, astronomy and architecture through, you know, aliens visiting and basically showing us this knowledge. 
and showing us that if we, you know, partake we, we could of be certain... aliens. We could be aliens. Oh, I, 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 I've studied that as well, and that's a very, very highly plausible thing. But that's a truth that a lot of people on Earth are not ready to digest because of their faith, which I can totally understand. That would be a lot to uh, take in. But yes, I, I definitely believe that they are in Peru. I definitely believe that they visited there. They, I mean, um, there's so many different temples that reflect visitors of another race in a very similar drawing all throughout the earth. So I, I can't believe that all these different people, indigenous people, you know, are drawing the same thing with similar customs. So I was just quiet because, you know, I've been going through a lot lately. And, uh, but I've always, like, I think since, you know, my parents got me into sci uh, science fiction, that I've always known deeply that we're definitely not alone in the galaxy. And it's oh. not something that, like, scared me or, like, you know, bothered me. In fact, it's more like my Care Bear attitude where I was just like, if they if they come to me, I'm going to give them a big hug. I'm going to show them love so they don't kill all of us because other people would ruin it. <laughs> well, I think no good will come of it. And I think if they're smart enough to get here, they're smart enough not to leave two of their bodies lying around. No, there's, no, no, there's more than two. Or can take pictures of them or... They can tell Steven Spielberg about it so he can desensitize us to what the aliens actually do. No, like, first of all, there's about 20 of them. And not only are they in Peru, they're all over the world. You know, like they're in different areas. You know, we've seen this come up before. I had so two of them. So we only showed two of them. That doesn't mean that he only had two of them. I've got more at home in my basement. I got more. In, check it exactly. Out? Yeah, I got them in my basement. Because he's been bringing them on Mexican talk shows. It's like, you see? And he'll hold it. It's like, you want to uh, hold it? <laughs> you know? I'm sorry. I mean, the no. way that I, I honestly could believe it because people wouldn't, wouldn't just believe you. You know? They just wouldn't. Well, the point is that I, I, maybe we can't trust you know, the, the doctors, the scientists and the physicians in Mexico, but they've had like a lot of these Mexican scientists examine them and and they've come to the conclusion through X-ray, through whatever other technique that they're using, that this has not been manufactured, that this is true, like all the bones are connected. It wasn't something that was put together. I mean, the only thing that I was reassured about is that they're about two feet tall. So if I got attacked by at least 20 of them, I think I could take them. <laughs> Just kick them. <laughs> you know, they're like small little ETs, but oh, who knows? But also the one thing much that galaxy quest with those cute little baby yeah. that sprouted fangs and see if 20 of those come on you, Joe. Well, I'm hoping these are vegetarians. Um, I didn't see any dental <laughs> work. So I, I think that I'm um, okay. Um, but you also, I've seen like with Peru too, like they used to stretch people's skulls yes. for some reason. Yeah, because they know? were mimicking. They were, they were. Oh, you mimicking. think they were mimicking the aliens? Well, because the the theory is that that once the beings left, obviously somebody has to rule, right? We have to control and make civilization. So they were stretching their heads and morphing their necks and their ears. 
so that they could look, you know, quote unquote, alien or superior so that they could continue to rule. And they did that for for many, many years. Uh, you know, it, it's possible, but it's also not possible too. That's how I think about it. I mean, I need more, more facts to see it. Again, anything's possible. Let me ask you this, all right? So the followings, UFOs, the Loch Ness Monster, Bigfoot, and ghosts. Which one do you put on the top that you feel is the most likely to exist? I think I know Jack's answer. Yeah, mine's easy. As you as you brought as, as we have had on previous episodes. Yeah, I disagree with you though. And and like I said, I mean, I'm not saying I don't think there are aliens that we are completely alone in the universe and stuff. I I just don't think they're like if they're smart enough to make it across interstellar space, they're smart enough not to leave their bodies lying around. Well, that's you know, just that it, they're gonna it, okay. Uh, we these are their we workers. It, we made it from Galaxy A to Galaxy B. Um, these are their workers. They're they're more like uh, they're they're manufactured by the aliens. They're basically you know, their I, eyes. I, I just don't see aliens. If they want to stay a secret, they're not going to leave traces such as alien bodies lying around. They're going to clean up their own stuff, and we will be none the wiser. <laughs> maybe, they were but here. maybe they want us to know. Or maybe, maybe they're, they're like, maybe, hey, maybe did anybody see Phil? Of- did we leave Phil behind? <laughs> yeah, it's like, and the next thing you know, Phil falls in a hole and he's dead, and then the. Peruvians bury him and mummify him, and next thing you know, he's on Mexican TV. <laughs> yeah. Like I said, I, I think the aliens would be more competent than to leave stuff like that around. Because if they wanted it, if they wanted us to know they were here, they could just land the ship and take over our broadcasting signals and say hello there. You know, I, I do read a lot of stuff in it. Again, a lot of it, it could all be BS. It does seem that they're uh, attracted to nuclear power for some reason. Um, there's a lot of like, what? I think it's like, let's see what those stupid humans are doing now. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what I think too. It could be that, or it could be that they can use that as you know a resource, or they know how to use it as opposed to us. If they if they made it here, I don't think they need it. They have their own. Well, again, I, I think I think if, if they're going to come here, I, I think it's going to be through portals. Uh, I think a lot of these spaceships that we see or these UFOs, that the government has been showing us recently in the news. I think it's experimental prototypes of by the government. You know, some new class of uh, you know plane or something i don't know i i I do find it kind of hard to believe that they're ufos or they could be foreign um or they could i i think they could be time travelers for all we know could be who knows but i I think those guys are touting around i don't think those are real see bigfoot i think they're bears you're entitled to believe that. And Loch Ness Monster, I think that those are just like eels. 
you know, like giant eels or the Loch Ness monster is one of those things, though, that like. Well, they, they're, they're so doing much like in a, the ocean that is unclaimed. Yeah, like, but, but but is the lock really that big? I it's mean, pretty, it could be. It's pretty big. They brought submarines in and out during uh, World War II. They use it for major naval. Uh, well, Canada was well, Canada Lake Champagne. They have one too. Apparently. Yeah, it's camp. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just think that they're big eels. That that's personally me. I you know, you don't have to believe me. Well, the first Loch Ness monster picture, like the famous one that they have, that was proved to be fake. That was just a submarine that some guy put in the water and, and he put like a like a dinosaur toy on top of it. <laughs> I like to believe though that there's things out there that we I like I like to believe too there are things out there we don't understand. And it's fun to think about them, you know. What about, what about ghosts? Do you believe in ghosts? I have to say I do. I do. I do believe that there is more to us than just this flesh and stuff. Yeah, I. I you know, was, that energy. You know, I believe eventually we're supposed to move on to something better. Um, we hope. Jack's <laughs> uh, coming back I, as a slug. I believe some people get lost or hang around as they're trying to get to. Well, again, I so I was watching the Civil War documentary, and you like look at Gettysburg. Like how many people died in Gettysburg? You would think there's got to if there's ghosts exist, it has to be around there, you know. Um, I, I I was I went on a ghost tour at Gettysburg. I wish I'd gotten a better, gone on a better one. <laughs> oh, you did? I didn't know you did. Yeah, I mean, um, there was a ghost tour that went around the battlefields, which I would have thought would have been awesome. But needless to say, I get outvoted on a lot of things. Oh, heck, Lynette Flip was freaking out when we did the Jack the Ripper tour in London. Oh, yeah. I don't think we did that when we were there. No. But we Lynette, London did not, Dungeons. Lynette did not enjoy the Jack the Ripper. Tour. Well, it's not like he's going to come to life. Yeah, <laughs> you know? Still. Um, but yeah, I would have loved to have gone on like the Battlefield Ghost Tour. That would have been awesome. And Fedra. <laughs> Get quiet. Yeah, I mean, I, of course I believe in ghosts and spirits. Yeah, I, I feel energy and in certain spaces all the time. Uh, it's, you know, most occult people and healers, light workers, they will say to not really go to cemeteries. They'll say to stay away from that because of the amount of energy that is there. There's a lot of low, they, they, they call it low frequency. So very low frequency, low energetic spirits are there because just like Jack said, they're in a state of limbo. They're unhappy. And so that unhappiness is kind of like, almost like... Um, Weighing them down? Well, I, I want to describe it like a song echoing in space. So it's just a song playing over and over again in space, but it's sadness or anger or frustration or, you know, or something unresolved. And that's where, you know, abnormal, like scientists and people, they pick it up. 
they're like, oh, you're look at this. And it's like, yeah, you're just picking up the frequency of what happened there. That's all. Like, it's very logical. You don't even have to look at it like spooky, but people, you know, make it spooky if they don't understand, you know. But, uh, I mean, Loch Ness Monster, I always thought maybe, because I always was very fond of, like, things of the sea and, you know, that it's very deep and dark. Um, I've always been very skeptical of Bigfoot. That's why I really appreciated your story, Jack, and it made me look at that potential, you know, being as potentially existing. I was just like, hmm, maybe there's something to it. Well, as I said, I saw something. I can't say it was Bigfoot. I saw something. That sounds, that seems an awful like what it was, but, uh, you know. Well, I like that we discuss it because I, that is why I always try very hard to have an open mind and listen to people's experiences and beliefs and <laughs> because it's, there's so much that you could learn from these experiences and, and researching too. Cause yeah. yeah, you know, you might one day turn a corner and Bigfoot will be in the bushes and an alien will be right there just smoking a doobie. You never know. <laughs> <laughs> and I'd say if Fedra's here, she'd take them to lunch. <laughs> <laughs> Probably the UFO. We'd, we'd speak, you know, telepathically. Bigfoot, I mean, that would be easy, you know. He'd probably want some fries or something, you know. <laughs> He'd <probably laughs> want to eat in the forest. He doesn't want to go with people. So, I heard they like pancakes. But yeah, my, one of my favorite, uh, like, classic cult films is uh, They Live. And I thought that that was such a beautiful con uh concept of the movie of like I was for a little bit of that those were aliens yeah they were aliens that were posing as humans but he always saw them as skeletons right well that was their that was their alien figure underneath the human where did you get the glasses from the glasses were created by a scientist who created like a chemical on the on the film of the lenses of these glasses and it actually showed reality. So I guess people would say that, you know, the matrix was the illusion. And then when you put on these glasses, you saw reality and then you saw that we were living amongst aliens and aliens were actually taking over the world. And it was like so cool. And only an 80s dude with a mullet is going to save us. It's Roddy, only Roddy good till you're out of bubblegum. Yep. That's a good line. <laughs> Cheesy, but so good. <laughs> yeah, that fight scene in the alley, I've never seen such a better fight scene. I could see that scene over and over and over again. I don't know what that says about me, but it's so good. It's just, it's just so good. Then he does this duplex. I was like, <laughs> Yeah, they're just... Man's man type of fight. Oh, no? Joe got to edit. You see the face on him. <laughs> I know. I wish. I wish people could see your face right now. Joe's like, a, we almost made it through a whole episode. Oh, did she curse? I didn't hear it. Was it a bad one? <laughs> no, don't worry about it, Joe. Yeah. I mean, was it the F word? <laughs> yeah. 
damn. Sorry. <laughs> I get excited. <laughs> Alright, pause for about 30 seconds. Dead air. Dead air. Right. Dead air. Dead air. So now I should be able to find it. So it's <laughs> Alright, I guess we'll wrap this one up. So, uh, Jack, can you tell everyone where they can find you? Uh, you could always send me email at jackm at wdwnt.com. And Petra? Find me on Instagram. Be my friend on Facebook. Just let me know, nerd alert. Or you can email me at fedra at wdwnt.com. And if you want, you can email me at joe at wdwnt.com or send me a friend request on Facebook. I'm also on the Rusted Junk Podcast, which is the 80s movies podcast we just did, did uh, Dirty Dancing uh, I wasn't a huge fan of it but I gave it a 5 I mean it's can't say it's a horrible movie well there you go do they live suggest that one yeah is that 80s yep. I believe so uh, our next movie is, is is White Nail and I it's like a British movie I never heard of but apparently it's very popular with the Brits so I'm looking forward to seeing it. I don't it. think I've heard of that one either. No, I haven't either, but it, it sounds interesting. Um, check out WDW News Today, Disneyland News Today, as well as Universal huh? as well as Universal Parks News Today for all your Disney Universal news. And finally, if you like our show and enjoy other WDWNT podcasts, please visit the WDWNT Patreon page at www.patreon.com slash WDWNT. So with that, this will be the end of WDWNT Nerd Alert Season 9, Episode 37. So until next time, see y'all. Good night, all. And be good to each other. Good night, everyone. <laughs>